Welcome to Fintech Chat and News, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in Fintech Executive Search. Follow us on your favorite podcast player or Fintech Chatter TV on YouTube. Welcome to the very first episode of Fintech Chatter News. I'm Dexter Cousins. And I'm Joanne Cousins. And every Monday, we will be giving you a weekly roundup of fintech news from Australia and overseas. We're kicking off today's show with some good news on the latest fintech investments. And we'll also be joined by a few guests to talk about their latest rounds. Last week was positive on the investment side. There were four Australian fintech raises in the news. Future Rent, a Sydney-based fintech that gives property investors early access to their rent, raised $9 million in a Series A round led by OIF Ventures. E-commerce fintech Refunded raised $12 million. There's still lots to play for in the BNPL space, despite confirmation this week the federal government are moving ahead with regulating the space. MX51 announced a 32 million Series B cap raise last week with MasterCard among the investors. The latest investment has seen the value of MX51 double in the process. MX51 founder and CEO Victor Zeng now joins me to tell us more about the raise. Victor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dexter. Mate, great to have you with us and great that you've got some uh, good news to share. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the, your news? Yeah, so we, we've just raised our Series B. So we did $32.5 million, uh, which is which is really exciting for us because it really sets us up for the future really nicely. Yeah, couldn't come at a better time as well. I mean, we're hearing you know, a lot about that you know, funding's got tighter. So what was it about MX51? that got um, your investors so excited and committed at, you know, what's a, a fairly kind of tough time at the minute? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, if you think about payments, um, it's probably one of the most disrupted areas in financial services. And, you know, and, and I think you look across the board, the disruptors like Stripe, Square, Ardian, Tyro, they're really competing against the incumbent banks and acquirers. Um, however, the incumbent banks and acquirers still hold 70% of market share globally. And what excites investors about MX51 is that we're not competing against the people that have 70% market share. We're actually en- enabling them to thrive in, in the disruptive uh, space they're in. So the, com- the company's been through a kind of a couple of iterations. Do you want to talk about the kind of journey of, of you know, where you've gone and, and kind of what the, then the future is going to look like for you after this fundraise? We, we were part of a large organization called Assembly Payments. Um, and you know we had two businesses there, and you know for the and the two businesses had very different models, and we had to we decided at a board level to split them out in order to give each business uh, the best traction globally. And the other side of the business is now Zay, and they're doing really really well. Um, and we've done we've done really well since the split because we've both been able to focus on our business models. Um, and moving forward, you know we 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 want to be able to um, implement rollout in this market, work with most of the banks acquirers here and start looking at opportunities outside of Australia. Great. Now, um, in terms of the raise, so you mentioned that it's $32 million. Um, what's kind of That's pretty decent for a, a Series B round in, in Australia. 
Um, what was your kind of sense when you were going out to market as to the appetite of investors? Is it really as doom and gloom as kind of what the, the media is making out? Or do you think there's a little bit more optimism out there? Yeah, look, I, 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 there's definitely deals still out there. I mean, we, we were lucky in the sense that the deal was inbound and we didn't have to go outbound. And so, <laughs> Come on, mate, help. stop flexing. <laughs> and, uh, um, but, but, uh, but, you know, it was still 12 months, you know. Like yeah. we, we, you know we, the lead investor, who I can't disclose, is European-based. Um, but, you know, we, we started talking to them 12 months before the, the round was closed. Mm. Um, um, the good thing also is all our Series A investors came into the round as well. You yeah. know, a Mastercard, Acorn, um, Comensa, Artesian, and Rampersand, they all came in as well, which is really positive. Fantastic. Now, um, in terms of, I guess, you know, the, the next 12 months for you guys, what does that look like? I think our focus in the next 12 months is really, um, you know, we've got a number of implementations and pilots running in parallel right now. It's really getting through them and really start going uh, through the rollout phase. Um, and uh, look at international opportunities as well. Uh, product, product development perspective, we still have a large pipeline of things that we want to do. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there's plenty to do for us. Awesome. Now there's some seriously good talent that listens to this show, Victor. Um, what are your plans for hiring? Look, we, we, we're, we're always, hiring is always on and we're always looking for good people, especially in the engineering space. Um, you know, so if, if you're interested, you know, please, please, um, send a message on mx51.io in the careers page, um, or, or just ping me on LinkedIn as well. And more good news last week as our good friends at Perla raised 7.8 million. I caught up with Nick Nicolades, who's the co-founder of Perla to chat about their latest investment. Nick, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Dixer. Um, it's even better to have you with us sharing some awesome news. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what, what's happened this week? Yeah, we've just announced that we've raised 7.8 mil. So I think it's a seed round in most people's books, although it's happened over a long period of time in a few tranches. So um, <laughs> we're, we're just happy to have reached this milestone. We've got a real chance of building a big business. It's um, fantastic news indeed. And it's a, you know, we're hearing it's a bit tough out there raising capital. How, how did you find um, you know, the process was for you and how receptive was, was the investor market? Yeah, well, it's actually funny. When we, when we sat down to have that chat, we were in the thick of it, right? Yeah. Um, we'd had conversations that had started, you know, probably mid-2021, actually. And obviously, we'd grown a lot in the second half of that year. Um, we were really getting stuck into the cap raise, working on who was going to be a good partner. Mm. Um, luckily for us, the work we put in during 2021, whilst things were really growing fast, um, has sort of come too. So Portage Ventures, the North Northern Hemisphere Fund, FinTech Specialists were there leading that round. Um, Archangel from Australians and the same with 1013 had kind of felt like they'd been with us for a long time yeah. actually before we came to announce this thing. Then as things started to get a little bit wobbly, um, you know, we were just so happy and, and, you know, fortunate, I guess, that we'd done the work, we'd built the relationships and, you know, we've come this far now, despite what's been happening in the market, we've, we've got ourselves a real chance. Awesome. Awesome. Now, other than um, the huge endorsement that you got from being on FinTech Chatter, um, what was the, the reason why the, the investors got behind Perla and, and what is it that they see in you that's, um, you know, kind of got them to get behind you and, you know, what are you know, kind of fairly nervous times for investors? 
Yeah, so I mean, I think it's probably broken down into a few areas. You know, the space gets talked about a lot. You know, what is what is wealth? What is trading? Uh, our view is that we're working on what is retail wealth management, and that's a huge space. Mm. So we hear a lot about how young people just don't have the options. There's lots of apps out there to do stuff. Advice is really out of reach. We want to play in the middle, joining you know, how you manage your money with the guidance and support. That's a big thesis. Then I think in terms of our traction and our progress, we've been a really lean team and, and perhaps, perhaps too much so, I guess, in the early days. We took on a really big project, this whole idea of share trading and, and wealth management with a team of four when we launched. Mm. And, you know, we amassed, um, you know, close to 30,000 um, people in the community during 2021. We're at about 53,000 now. It's June. Um, and we were able to do that without really spending anything on marketing. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of traction was really attractive to people. Um, the other things that people focused on were unit economics and, you know, engagement. And and those are two things that we've really been focused on from day mm. one because we haven't had the budgets to give our product away for free. Yeah. And we've also been just super focused on building an app that people use for the right reasons. So, you know, one of our things is automation. And despite people automating a lot, they're still using our app a lot. So, you know, on average, 30 times a month, they're checking in, mm. even though they may not be transacting that often. Yeah. No, um, when we did catch up, on the show, I think, you know, we were really optimistic about, um, you know, the, I guess the economic landscape coming into 2022 and it's turned out to be the exact opposite. Um, I think at the time, you know, kind of, there was a huge crypto craze and we've seen that that's, you know, had a, you know, big, big crash. Um, I seem to recall at the time that you were, you know, very, very steadfast around the, the philosophy and ethos of Perla. Do you want to kind of share with us a little bit more about what, what that is? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's actually funny. I mean, I think for the first half of our life as a company, we were, we were really banging on about ETFs, diversification, not timing the market, uh, all, all these things that really didn't resonate for a lot of people when yeah. stocks only went up. Um, and then, of course, stocks, stocks stopped only going up. So for us, you know, whilst no one wants to see, you know, these economic cycles happen, um, you know, we, we feel like we, we have the right message all along. And, you know, whilst it's obviously tough times, and it may, it may be tough times for some time, uh, you know, we feel that our message being boring, investing, get rich slow, um, you know, avoiding some of the pitfalls and FOMO that yeah. are out there that are just part of everyday life, to be honest. Uh, we think that's going to serve us well. And, and we think this is really our time to help a lot of people, uh, particularly the ones that came to investing in the last two years mm. that might be finding this is the first time they've had any sort of real trouble. So, you know, we're finding that there's a lot of people that are probably um, picking up our message that perhaps ignored it yeah. for, for 2021. So um, it's a really good opportunity to start broadening the conversation as what is wealth mm. management and why we're, why we're all doing this with our money. Yeah. Now it's a super tough category that you're in, 50 odd thousand customers, you know, bootstrapped and, you know, not spending money on marketing is massively impressive. So what does this 7.8 million round do for you for this next phase of growth? Yes, I mean, I think it's probably easiest to start with what we're not necessarily going to go and do. 
Um, I, I don't think we're set up to go and deploy heaps into marketing, um, but, you know, traditional performance marketing. And of course, we're learning on that and we're trying to articulate our message more, but we're not going to dump a lot of money into marketing. Mm. You know, secondly, the team's been building um, for some time. You know, we are going to add to the team in areas of growth, marketing, and, you know, always engineering. Um, but I think they're more enhancing the core team we've got who have been with us for a long time now and are doing a really great job. So I think, I think where we're going to go with this is we want to broaden the product set and to do that, you need resources and you need capital to, you know, make these partnerships happen. So examples of that are, you know, new apps for kids investing, uh, a superannuation marketplace that we've been working on for some time and delving deeper into wealth management and tracking. Things are also looking up for fintech investment overseas. The UK's fintech sector is ahead of 2021 investment levels this year. Capital raised by UK fintech firms between January and March hit 5.4 billion US. That's up from 4.1 billion US last year. There was a bit of a slowdown to 3.7 billion in the second quarter, according to figures from fintech industry body Innovate Finance. But overall, funding for UK fintech firms in the six months to June rose to US 9.1 billion across 294 deals. That's compared to 7.3 billion US across 375 deals in the first half of 2021. The big funding news from Europe was Klarna raising 800 million at a 6.5 billion valuation. That's a whopping 85% down from the valuation from their last round. A big congrats to Revolut who hit two milestones recently, their seventh birthday and 20 million customers worldwide. And now back to news in Australia that Visa is looking to invest in Air Wallocks in their Series E round. But unlike the Klarna valuation, their value will hold its $5.5 billion from the previous fundraising. As recently mentioned in our exclusive interview with Dom Pim, Up has launched their home loan product. Up Home gives up to 50 free offset accounts, helping borrowers reduce their interest rate charges, which is super helpful in a rising interest rate environment. Up Home doesn't charge application or setup fees, and there's no monthly or annual fees either. Upbank CEO Xavier Shea said the Neobank's home loan offering is just different, which I guess you can say about pretty much everything that Up does. Appointments for the week. Our former treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, has been appointed as a senior regional advisor in Asia-Pacific for Goldman Sachs. And Fintech Australia has also appointed Nick Cavas as its first ever policy lead. Good luck to Nick, Rahan and the team. And not an appointment, but an outgoing. I promised only good news on this show, but this is a little bit bittersweet. Steve Vallis, CEO of Blockchain Australia, leaves the organisation this week. It's been an incredible two-year stint by Steve, and I can't think of any individual who's done more for the Australian digital asset industry than Steve. Congrats, my friend. And from me and everybody in the industry, we hope you get a well-earned break and we can't wait to see where you come up next. Out and about this week, entrepreneur, futurist, speaker, author and friend of the show, Brett King, 
will be signing copies of his latest book, The Rise of Techno-Socialism, on Tuesday, 26th of July at 6pm in the George on Collins in Melbourne. The OzDefi crew will be holding their monthly Sydney meetup on Wednesday, the 27th of July, 5.30pm at the Not Centralised Hub on Seven Bridge Street. Hopefully I should be there, so I'd love to see you. There's links in the show notes of how to get involved. Finally, it's only six weeks until Intersect, Australia's biggest and best fintech festival. Last year it was so big, it even made the Batuta Advocate. Early bird tickets end the 1st of August. Last year was a sellout, and even I couldn't wangle any free tickets. So make sure you don't miss out and join me and the rest of the industry in Melbourne, 7th and 8th of September. Well, thanks for tuning in to today's show and let us know what you think by leaving us a review on Apple iTunes or giving us five stars in the Spotify app. And if you have any news you want to share or give us some feedback, email me, joanne at tier1people.com. Until the next episode, stay safe.